The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for Jesus. But the Samaritans did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another Jesus said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. The Gospel of the Lord This passage in the Gospel of Luke is a hinge moment for the Gospel. It's Up until this point, Jesus has been ministering up in Galilee, and he's been performing miracles, healing the sick, casting out demons, teaching, multiplication of the loaves. But here, Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem, and he begins the descent south uh, to Jerusalem, to his crucifixion, to his resurrection, and to the ascension back to the Father. And so it makes sense that this moment, when he sets his face toward Jerusalem, that he begins by... Uh, emphasizing what it means to be a, one of his disciples and teaching his his apostles, his disciples, what following him is is going to cost. That ultimately it costs everything. And so I just want to focus. There's a lot <laughs> from these encounters that we could talk about, but I just want to focus on the one the one aspect that um, to be a disciple of Christ, to be a follower of Christ, means that we have to. Uh, transfer our sense of security because for most of us today uh, there's so much emphasis on being independent and that uh, we have to be able to take care of ourselves in uh, in social interactions with uh, other people uh, sometimes you'll hear about different principles like uh, dependence or independence and interdependence so there are certain people who are just very dependent. They depend on other people for for other things. They depend on other people to cook their meals, to take care of them, uh, whatever it may be. They're very dependent. And sometimes that's necessary. Uh, sometimes people just uh, they <laughs> they need to be dependent on others uh, because of whatever their circumstances is are. Then other people are very independent and they won't accept other people's help and independent to the point that it's uh, to their own detriment. And then there's interdependence when uh, we recognize our own strengths, we recognize the strengths of others, and we try and integrate those strengths that we can work 
the best together to accomplish common goals. Now, with our relationship with God, he's calling us to be dependent, dependent entirely on him. And so, you know, that doesn't mean, say, for like a simple example, like, well, you know, my house needs to be cleaned, so I'm just going to be dependent on God. And then you sit and watch TV all day and hope that God somehow magically cleans your house. Like, no, <laughs> God has given us the gifts that we need to be able to accomplish simple goals like that or greater goals, whatever the goals may be. He's given us the strengths. And so we recognize the talents, the strengths that he's given us as the means by which those goals are going to be accomplished. But then we also frame those activities within our relationship with God that um, say, you know, frame it with a prayer, but Lord, you've given me this responsibility. Now give me uh, the grace I need to accomplish it with love, not just as an obligation, but as a way of growing in holiness, growing in love for others. And so that's what uh, God, Jesus is calling us to. God, Jesus is God. Uh, he's calling us to dependence on him, but that doesn't mean that we just are totally passive. He's asking us to take responsibility in our lives, but to recognize that uh, he's giving us everything we need to fulfill those responsibilities. In the ancient church, there was a beautiful symbol that the early Christians used uh, to show this relationship of security dependent, uh, dependence on God, and that was the anchor. And so they recognized, if you think about what a traditional image of an anchor looks like, you turn it upside down and it's sort of a cross, except the, the transverse beam, the cross beam, is curved. And so it's sort of a cross, but uh, you know, when you think about the role of an anchor in a ship, that you drop it down into the water and it holds you in place. Whereas hope, the virtue of hope, is an anchor that is sent up to heaven. Our hope is in heaven and we're trusting that God is going to take care of us. So the symbol of the anchor was this, um, this idea that we're casting our anchor up into heaven and um, we're, it's holding us uh, towards that goal. It's holding us towards our, our ultimate end where God wants us to be. And so we place our hope in heaven, which, which means that all of the passing things of this world, they're, they're passing. They're gonna, uh, they, flow, they flow by on the water and we're staying in place because we know where our goal is. So following Christ isn't, uh, it's not always easy, of course, that it doesn't mean everything is going to predict, be predictable. When we put our anchor in heaven, it doesn't mean that everything we're going to know everything that's going to come our way. But it does mean uh, that our end is secure. And so many unexpected challenges may come our way. But that's part of the relationship with Christ, that he is unpredictable. He isn't going to give us what we think we need. He's going to give us what we actually need. And that means taking up more responsibilities throughout our lives. It means accepting more challenges. But it also means that he has given us 
uh, sure foundation. So when you think about the anchor as a symbol, but an anchor goes with a boat. So our anchor is in heaven, but the boat we're on is the church. And so that's why traditional architecture churches are often uh, constructed uh, like, like a boat. <laughs> the frame looks like a boat, uh, even especially with Gothic architecture, with the flying buttresses look like oars. And so we're in this boat and the foundations, the Ten Commandments, the precepts of the church, uh, the virtues, the sacraments, all of this is meant to hold us together and keep us directed towards that one goal where our anchor is. As we don't know ahead of time what path God will choose for us, we are not foxes or birds, we don't have just a set, a set life like they do, but we do know where the path will lead us closer and closer to Christ, closer and closer to the fulfillment, the interior peace, and the lasting happiness that we all long for and that we can't achieve by ourselves. Today, when Christ comes to us again in Holy Communion to strengthen us for the journey, let us renew our promise to follow him and to anchor our hopes in him. Praise be Jesus Christ.